This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM, Unholstered. Here we go. Welcome back to another edition of Unholstered. Glad you're able to hang out with us on this Saturday morning. My name is Kayla Blakesley. I am one of your hosts here on Unholstered, and I sit alongside my co-host, Sophia. Good morning. My name is Sophia Rosales-Catina. I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome to Unholstered this weekend. If this is your first time tuning in, this show is all about... Uh, backing our men and women in blue, uh, really uh, backing our first responders in general. We are sharing and telling all of the stories that just don't often get told when it comes to our first responders. And that statement could not be more true <laughs> for what we are talking about today, Sophia. Um, and can I just say, for the first time, uh, here on Unholstered, I have booked a guest. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Good for me. Um, you no, know, we're talking about cleaning up after a death. And this is truly, I mean, I just feel like no one ever talks about this. I feel like it's something that we just think magically happens. And we don't think about the, these families that, you know, once all of the emergency personnel leaves, if you will, there they are, whether they've lost a spouse or a child, a loved one, or it's just, you know, a murder happens in someone's home or place of business. We never talk about cleanup. Uh, so before we introduce our uh, our guest to talk about this, and I can't wait to tell you the story of how he came about to join us. But Sophia, I'm curious, does, does the Fort Wayne Police Department, do you hook up with vendors for, for cleanup? I mean, how does that work on your end? We don't. We cannot specifically tell someone, hey, this company is the one you should use or anything like that. Um, same as when we go out to tow a car, we can't specifically say, gotcha. hey, um, you know what this is Kayla's the tow truck you should yeah. yes yes um but we what we do have is we have a booklet that we hand out and it's been carefully written by our chaplain program and then um, some commanders um about what to do after death uh, because a lot of people don't know there's a lot of interesting facts in there about funeral services about hmm. you know where do you go for spiritual help or guidance and you know and one of the things in there is clean up as well because sometimes these deaths even though they're they may not even be like a murder or anything like that, but sometimes people are left in homes for a very long period of time. Um, unfortunately, they don't have family, and the body decomposes at a rapid rate, especially in the summertime. And a lot of these people may be of lower income, they don't have air conditioning, so it just it gets pretty bad, and, and that can really cause a lot of damage to homes and, and things in the home. So we do have um, a vendor list that we do use. And that is where today's guest comes in. I am proud to say I booked Matt, Matt Toth. <laughs> he is actually a lead technician for Bio One, and full disclosure, Matt, full transparency, uh, you work for the J. Cruz Education Center here yes, in town. <laughs> yes, I do. And you and I were hanging out at an event a couple of weekends ago, and I don't even know how you and I got into this, but you started to tell me you work for Bio One cleaning up crime scenes. Can you tell everybody how you got involved in even doing this to begin with? Yeah, so you know, career exploration is the focus of the J. Cruz Education Center, and through conversations with uh, a friend of my wife's, I found out that there was this guy that owned a company called Bio One, and it, you go and you clean up crime scenes, and it, it was just very interesting to me that this even existed, because I always thought the police went in, the paramedics went in, they took the body, they cleaned everything up, and <laughs> yeah. off they went. Yeah, and, everyone thinks that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what you know common sense would tell you however 
I realized there's this whole other world of crime scene cleanup. And so I, I contacted um, my wife's friend's husband. And I said, hey, if you ever have a job coming up, please give me a call. I, I would just love to see what this looks like. And sure enough, he did. And the next thing you know, in August of, or sorry, October of 2019, I went on my first cleanup. Oh, my word. What was that like? Um, it was interesting. It was a. Are you allowed to actually talk about cleanups? Like, are you able? Yeah, to do I that? don't. Yeah. I, yeah, I can. I don't say names or, or locations. Course, yeah. But one, well, it was in Fort Wayne, and it was a. It was a decomp. Somebody had passed away um, unsuspectedly, and it was about four days had passed before their body was discovered. And we went in and cleaned up the scene once the body was removed. We never see the bodies. Um, they're always uh, removed before we get there. Who, we clean up who after does that. that job. Well, it depends. So some, I shouldn't say it depends. All the time, it's going to be a funeral service that comes and picks up the body. However, where they take them after that depends on the situation. Sometimes I'll go to the forensic center, which is where they do the autopsies, and that call is made by the Fort Wayne or the Allen County coroner. And other times, if it's just a natural death and there's a doctor sign off, then they go to whatever funeral home the family decides. So okay, so then that's so the body is removed. Mm-hmm. Then that's where you come in, Matt, yes. with with Bio One, mm-hmm. and you're there to clean up the rest. Are we talking? I'm sorry to get graphic, but this is kind of a graphic conversation. We're we talking mm. about like blood, bodily fluids, things yeah. like that. Yeah, pretty much everything. So we deal with everything from a, um, a body decomp, which is uh, you know some undiscovered body, to homicides, suicides. Uh, we even deal with hoarding. Uh, we get into that a lot and cleaning what, what, what up trash. You, what, and hoarding? What do you mean? Um, you would be shocked when you walk into some people's homes and mounds and mounds of trash collected within their homes. So you guys will go in and clean that up? as well we do yes yeah. sometimes that goes, gets to maybe biohazard things and yes. then they have breathing apparatus because sometimes you know a lot of these houses sadly people suffer from mental illness and hoarding mm-hmm. is a mental illness there's, there's yes. always some underlying mental illness there when it comes to hoarding but we've never seen the show hoarders on a and mm-hmm. um so it's just like that and you'd be amazed at how many homes and it's not just like lower economic people sometimes this isn't like in your way expensive neighborhoods it's just people just hold on to things and um, like I said, it is a mental, there's some underlying mm-hmm. mental illness mm-hmm. there, but but a lot of times it's pets too. So there's like, numerous cats and, yes. you know, cats create very toxic waste. Um, and then you have to have breathing apparatus to go in and deal with that or mm-hmm. else you could become overwhelmed. So, yeah. So, right. So again, someone has to clean these things up. Yeah. So in the event, you know, if it like, for example, if it is a family member, you know, something tragic happened in the home. So instead of, of me cleaning up after that, how does I mean? How does this work? I pick up the phone and call Bio One. How does this happen? How does that connect? Yeah, typically work? people, you know, there's relationships between coroners, police departments, and and they'll like like she said at the beginning, they'll give pamphlets or information to mm-hmm. families, business cards, um, and you know somebody will say, I just can't go back in that room. Maybe there was a suicide of a family member. <sighs> I can't do it. How, who do I call? And then that's where the information gets passed on. The individual calls us. Uh, we're we're very sensitive when we pick up the phone. Um, you know, it's it's help first, business second, and that's kind of our motto. And so we try to immediately respond, go to the residents, and do what we can to help clean it up. So are you on call, like, all the time? That's a good question. So obviously this is my um, side gig, I would call it. Yeah, I know um, it is. That's and why I'm so, like, I'm confused how you do all of these things. Yeah, yeah. So um, my Bio One boss, he will call me at different times. Let's say it's a Tuesday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Hey, Matt, we got a call. We had a suicide in this location. 
would you be available at five o'clock or six o'clock this evening to go clean it up? I see. And if I am available, I say, yep, I can do it. If not, I say, nope, I, I'm not. And so he'll just keep going down his call list. We've got you know eight to 10 guys who are part of the company um, that are technicians, and he will basically work down the chain and until he fi- finds the amount of guys he needs to clean it up. Yeah, and by that time, it's not an immediate thing that needs to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if it's something immediate like that, the, the Fort Wayne Fire Department has a hazmat team that can go in and, and do something if it needs to be done with immediacy. But a lot of these crime scenes can hold, or a lot of these scenes can hold, because we'll, sometimes we'll have to hold them for, you know, until we're done with our investigation. And that could be sometimes a day or two, depending on mm-hmm. the backlog at, you know, the forensic center, on the coroner, and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes these scenes can be held two or three days. Um, depending on the situation. But but I will add that um, as an officer over the years, you know, you see a lot of things. Um, and these things are, um, we, we've talked about it in previous shows, how just overwhelming they are to your senses, mm-hmm. right? So your sight, sound, um, smell. smell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always tell people right now, it's like I, I can smell death like immediately. It's such yeah. a weird thing, and I never had that before I became a police officer. But I think for me, the when when someone dies in the immediate time right after, I can smell. There's a certain smell that I can just very smell. Unique. You're nodding your very head. Very unique. Yeah. yeah, and and then it, the prolong that they're the longer that they're there. Now the winter time is better because it's cooler. But in the summertime, I've been to places where. Bodies have been in homes for weeks. Mm. And you weeks. can't even walk in without proper PPE. Yeah, and you can just, you can smell at the door. You know, yep. I'm like, you know, I, and, and and let me, I just want to say this too. People always call the time, hey, can you go check on this person? And we will, we'll certainly go check, but we cannot force entry into a home unless there's some kind of um, exigency or, you know, something like that. So Interesting. we may, you know, someone may be in there and there have been cases where they have been. Um, in there, but we have no way of knowing the blinds are closed. We can't smell anything. Doors are locked. Windows are closed. And, you know, mail's piled up. You can see that clearly something's wrong, but there's just nothing we can do at that point, and we have to wait until we can con- contact a family member or something like that. I was just say, so that what you do in that event? We, we that? try. Okay. We try our best because um, we want to make sure everyone's okay in there too. And a lot of time that happens with our elderly people. Matt, you mentioned PPE. So can you kind of walk us through a, a typical call? Or what, mm-hmm. what calls do you find yourself being called to most often? Often, Unfortunately, with the recent events of the pandemic, yeah. um, suicides yeah, have yeah. been um, the highest in the last uh, six, eight, ten months. We've had a lot of those, unfortunately. Um, undiscovered bodies are probably the second most, where people just don't have family members close by or people that check on them, which is very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get that call a lot. And so we go in and typically... Uh, we the smell is just what overwhelming. What are you wearing? I mean, how do, we, how do we you put on a full? Yep, we put on a full hazmat suit. It's basically think of tiny strips of plastic woven together, and it's heat shrink to uh, heat shrunk together, and so it melts the plastic together. So it's very hot. It does not breathe, huh. but it keeps everything out of it. Um, so we have that suit that we wear. We have booties on our feet, and then we have a hood that goes up over our full-face respirator. And so that respirator then filters out um, just about anything and everything you can imagine. So we put that on, and we smell nothing. Hmm. Um, It does cut down your oxygen intake uh, a little bit, um, and so it does. It is hard to breathe, and people would be surprised when they put those on. Um, It's it's like a fireman's respirator where they go in and— 
it filters the smoke, it filters the toxin, it filters any smells, um, which which allows us then to go in and do our jobs. And so then the visual part of it is then the secondary issue that's the hard part to stomach. Um, and if you can get past that and, and do it and, you know, allow your head to hit the pillow at night and sleep well, then, th- well, then great. <laughs> obviously, I mean, you've been doing this since October 2019. You obviously can get past mm-hmm. some of the visual, but has there ever been a situation that has kept you up at night? Um, there was one I personally was not involved with, but our team went and cleaned up a suicide. Actually, excuse me, it was a accidental gun um, discharge mm. of a four-year-old girl. Oh no! And my daughter was four at the time, and that was that was very difficult for all of our techs who had kids who went on that call. You know, you see the pictures of the family there, and mm. you know you don't hear the story, and you're you're wiping up you know, biomaterial and it's, that's difficult. That's probably the hardest time. Do you do everything like, I mean, do you, do you just clean up or do you like paint the walls, replace carpet? Yeah, good question. It's a process. So the first thing we do is let's say uh, something happened, uh, someone died and they fell on the carpet and that's where they laid. Um, You know, the biomaterial spreads out the blood. We'll come in, we will uh, disinfect the carpet with special chemicals that we have. We will then cut the carpet out. Um, because uh, biomaterial is so, uh, I don't know what the word is, but it, it just it, it permeates everything, yeah. even into clothes that are in the room um, if the body is there for more than a certain amount of time. And so we cut out all the biomaterial. So, wait, so you're, you're not ripping out the full uh, piece of carpet. You're cutting a, the section out? The section with biomaterial, we cut it out, and we have to put that in special bio bags. And that's uh, taken to an incinerator, and that mm-hmm. gets incinerated later. Um, and then once we take care of all the bio, sometimes it goes through the carpet into the subfloor. So we have tools, and we have to actually cut out wow. the subfloor of a room um, to get out all of the biomaterial if it saturates down into the wood. Um, after that, we'll move all the furniture out. We will cut out the whole carpet and just take that to the dumpster. Nothing, the, you know, the rest of the carpet from the room that doesn't have biomaterial. We'll remove that, put the furniture back in the room, and then it's usually up to uh, the owner of the home to then find a carpet company mm-hmm. or flooring company to come back in and re-carpet or re-floor the area. What's a typical timeline for cleanup is there a typical timeline you know it depends on the mess um and i don't know this may get this may get more graphic but females tend to be cleaner than males when you're talking suicide usually the female (laughs) will be on a bed and you know the suicide happens and then we just have to take care of the mattress uh males they may grab a shotgun or a rifle, and they're everywhere at, at that point. It's ceilings and walls and, and floors, and, and it's everywhere. And so that may take three, two, three, four hours, whereas you know a different one may take 30 minutes, depending oh, wow. on— Oh, wow. It can be that quick, It can though. be that quick. We've spent 30 minutes cleaning up, digging the bio out of a mattress, putting it in the box, removing the mattress, and nothing seeped through the mattress, and that's it. We're done. Is there— I mean, is there a cost involved? Who puts that cost? I'm assuming the homeowner, the business owner? Yeah. uh, So if it's a homeowner, typically, I'd say 98% of homeowners insurance policies or more contain removal of biomaterial as a clause, Hmm. uh, which is a good thing to know for a lot of people. They they think, oh, if I call somebody, it's going to be thousands of dollars. Well, yes, it is expensive, but there is a clause in your homeowner's insurance policy that does discuss the removal of biomaterial. So then we work with insurance companies um, to recoup that cost on behalf of the owner. 
Yeah, because man, that's like the last thing you want to be dealing with too. Yeah. yeah, you got so much going on. Yes, and everything with everything else, and that's and, and he's right. That smell does not leave you. Um, I remember being new and finding you know my first dead body. It had been there for a while, and the body does some weird, unique things when it starts decomposing. Not to be too graphic, but I will. I mean, well, that's um, what we are talking about. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, you know. So I and I remember this um, very well. He was an older gentleman, um, not that old, but he passed away. It was natural causes, but he was in his own home, and it it was a nicer, not not extremely nice, but it wasn't impoverished or anything. And he had air conditioner, but it was set pretty low or pretty high, I should say. Um, and he'd been there for a few days, um, and this was in the heat of the summer. And um, I, I could smell as soon as I wa- opened the door. I mean, I could smell. And so now at that point, you just got to locate where where they are. So I go up to the room and I open the door and he's there. And I could see and I, I look over and I'm like, okay, he's a, he's a male, male black, male African-American. I'm like, but he wasn't. He was a male white, but his, he was decomposing. So he was all wow. black and darker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the skin starts to bubble because of the gases inside until the skin breaks, and then fluids emit from that. And it was all it was all he was. I don't died on a piece of furniture, and um, you know we called made into contact with the family. They lived in another state. They were coming down. They were down by the next morning, but um, they had moved that piece of furniture out of the house and it wasn't even trash day, but it was so sitting in the corner and I was keeping tabs on the house because I knew obviously no one was in there now, but someone came and removed that piece of furniture. And I don't know if they took it thinking it was a nice piece of furniture, Oof. but I'm like, I think there's no way that they couldn't smell that. Um, so I was, and that story just <laughs> sticks on my mind because that piece of furniture and just, that was my first one that I had that heavy smell mm. um, from. And then, the, and then after that, they were just, they just came. I think that ended up being one of our hottest summers and we just had so many people passing away in their home just from heat, mm. um, elderly people. And it, the, it was just, it was a bad summer. Well, I think it goes back to too. I mean, even with just the chair, you just think these things are, you know, are magically cleaned up yeah. or magically taken care of. Yeah. So if if someone like you, Matt, isn't called, it is left to again these families and business owners, friends, or, mm-hmm. co- or what to essentially clean up, right? Yes, yes. And I don't know if a lot of people know there are fines that can be imposed if you throw biomaterial okay. into a common dumpster. You're supposed to depro- dispose of it properly, which you know that's why we exist is to take care of these things and dispose of biomaterial properly. So, do you know what kind of fine that is? I'm just now I'm curious. That I don't know. Don't I'm, know not, I'm not sure what the fine is. I didn't even know are, it was but... a fine. That's probably something yeah. for so, the so neighborhood you learn code something or something. New every day. Yes, yeah. yes. Right? even I learn things new. I feel like if you're going to go into this, Matt, and I know you well enough, so I feel like I can say this. Yeah, go for it. I feel like you got to be a little, <laughs> a little twisted. I don't know. I know that I wouldn't be able to sleep well at night. I would just be thinking about what happened here. How did this all play? Like, I would find myself reliving it, I feel like, at sure. night. That doesn't happen to you? So it takes a, a very unique individual yes. to do this. <laughs> and I would say that less twisted, but more how how you're wired. Yeah. I have, you know, my, if you look at your strengths and and how I'm wired, 
I have the propensity to just get things done. Mm -hmm. I arrange things. I put things in a specific order. I am a doer. I complete tasks. And so at the end of that, I can walk into this disaster, this mess that, you know, some person, they're at their lowest point in their life. And we get to come in and we get to clean it up and we get to, you know, talk with them, maybe pray with them, help them and give them some encouragement. And then we walk away from it having completely transformed the room or the house or whatever it is, especially in the hoarding cases. You're just helping people who can't really help themselves at that point. And so there is a satisfaction element that I'm helping somebody do something that they can't. Yeah, by the sound, you're doing so much more than just right. cleaning up a home. Yes. Oftentimes, are the families still there? Or do you say, hey, we're going to come at three if you want to vacate or you know head out for an hour or two i mean how does yeah usually a family member will meet us to to let us in the house if it was a a parent that passed away you know a son or a daughter will show up and they'll unlock the door and and then we'll be able to get in and take care of it and they deal with all of the the follow-up contact and and the insurance and we'll go in and together you know look for maybe there's a safe or a drawer or something where they had all their insurance documents to start that process and or they'll have gone through it already so usually it's a it's a family member that that contacts us and works with us. You know, I used to live, um, I've lived in different apartment complexes around town. And every now and then you'd see these hazmat crews coming in and out. And I honestly, maybe this is just how naive I am or just, and (laughs) I actually am going to choose to still probably believe this, but I'd always be like, oh, there must've been a bug infestation over there. Like, I I don't know why I always just immediately think bugs, which is not not that that's great either. But now I'm like, now it could be either or if I see these hazmat crews coming out because you're saying you're in full gear. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, it could be a crime scene cleanup. It could be any kind of, you know, cleanup after death, or it could be bugs. Yep. But odds are, at this rate we're going, it's probably cleanup of a death. We do a, and we do a lot of animal cleanups, too. Oh, it, it's amazing. Like, we had one which is a raccoon party in an RV. <laughs> we oh, had oh, so people raccoons. can call you for that, Absolutely, too. yeah, yes. We oh. do a lot of uh, removal of fecal matter um, of all sorts and types. So, yes, yeah, so we had some raccoons this past winter break into an RV, and they had their had their way. So. My coffee's suddenly not so appealing <laughs> right now. If someone's listening, Matt, and, and they are like you, they are a doer, mm-hmm. not twisted, right? they are a doer, <laughs> and they wanted to be a crime scene cleanup tech, how, how, how do you go about, I mean, obviously, you knew a friend of a friend, and you were able to place yeah. that phone call. I would assume this would be like, hey, we're needing to hire all the time, or we need to bring on volunteers all the time. Mm-hmm. How, who do, who could people call? Um, you know, I think it's just knowing which companies actually do this. Yeah. And I think there are only a couple around, you know, two or three maybe in the northeast Indiana area that actually do this. So it would be getting in touch with those companies, talking to the owners or the managers, um, and say, hey, I'm, I'm very interested in doing this. I think I, my skill set would lend, lend itself well um, to doing this. I have a very strong interest in, in crime scenes and um, you know, I'm very attention to detail when it comes to cleaning. And so I'd love to try it out. And I think as long as you're 18 or older, um, you can come and work um, and, and give it a try and see if that's something you want to do. Do you guys obviously service more than just Fort Wayne? Do you service Northeast yeah, Indiana? Yeah, we do. We've been up to Detroit. We've been mm-hmm. down to Southern Indiana, into Ohio, uh, west part of the state. So kind of go all over in this area, in this region. Um, and now I think a new franchise opened up in Indianapolis. So there's a bio one in Indy now. Um, to handle all of that as well. I thought for sure, Matt, you're going to come in here and say, you know, oh, I wanted to be a police officer. I wanted to be in criminal justice. I wanted to be a detective or something of that nature, not just like, hey, I'm really into details and taking care of things. So 
I'm going to be a crime scene tech. Does your wife and kids, what do they think of it? Uh, my wife, uh, she <laughs> said the other night, she woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and she came back to bed and kind of, you know, I woke up I'm like, you okay? Like, yeah. Um, I can smell the dead body. Oh, no. Because I came home late from a crime scene, clean it up. She's like, it smells in our bathroom. Yeah, it permeates everything. And and I remember, too, uh, it was several years after that. I'm, like, walking at a store shopping, and then all of a sudden I get this whiff, Mm. and I smell the dead. It's just something that hits in your mind. and Yeah, and it just, it's that recall. You know, I must have been thinking subconsciously about something involving death, and that smell just comes back to you, even though there's nothing around me that smells like that. Does it make you sick to your stomach? It it can. Um, You know, you see a lot of people put that Vicks on here, but I always find that that maybe opens up my nasal passages a little more, so I just go without and just deal. But I'm kind of a freak about that kind of stuff, and I'll tell you something personal that's kind of funny. But, you know, you go into these houses, and I don't want to breathe through my nose because of the smell, mm-hmm. right? I smell it. But then I don't want to breathe through my mouth because I'm like, oh, my gosh, something's going to go in my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> so I'm like – and then you try to hold your breath. I'm like, that's futile. Just just deal. And, you know, but it can make you sick. I mean, there's a lot of times instances, you know, they – you know, see on the movies all the time. They send the rookie in. You know, yeah. go go in, rookie. And does that really happen? Sometimes. Sometimes. But then you know they'll t- run outside and they'll. You can't throw up. You can't. I never have, but I've seen people do it, and it's just a natural reflex. It's not that they're weaker or anything like that. It's just sometimes you know you can't stand those strong smells mm-hmm. like that. I. I um... I grew up hunting and fishing, and you know, a lot of time you, know, you smell dead yeah, animals. I yeah. mean, my, my uncle's a taxidermist, still is to this day. So I've been a, around a lot of yeah. foul-smelling dead animals, and I can only imagine what yeah. you guys are smelling on the right. It smells like that, but I think humans are a little worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Well, on that note, Matt. Uh, <laughs> uh, great episode. Great episode. Yeah. No, I, I do appreciate you coming in and sure. sharing it because. I've said it already multiple times. It's just you think these things are magically cleaned up. We had on a couple of, well, it's probably a couple of months ago now, a suicidologist and just talking about cleanup after suicide. And that's really what got my wheels turning. Like, oh, my gosh, there does need to be people like mm-hmm. you. I know that I'm teasing you a little yeah. bit, Matt. No, that's but okay. truly, I'm I'm glad there are people like you mm-hmm. um, because that is that would just be horrifying. You know, all the emergency personnel leave and there you are with bloodstained carpet or or. or you know, what have you on the walls. And you just don't know what to do. And you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. So I I feel like I learned a lot. I feel really educated. I also didn't know that there's clauses in your insurance that can help out with the cost for some of that. So really quick, the name, Bio One. Yep. How could folks get a hold of Bio One if they need Yeah, Bio One of Fort Wayne. You can go onto Google. Um, It's, I believe, BioOneFortWayne.com. That's where you'd go. And you can check out all of our services that we offer from um, any of the bio removal. There's sewer. We deal with sewer uh, backups. We deal with the animal feces, um, hoarding. So all sorts of things that deal with biomaterial on our website and there's our contact information get a hold of us if you need us well, thanks for educating us um, talking about all things here on Unholstered <laughs> if you've missed any previous episodes of Unholstered you could always download us anywhere you can download a podcast your town your team your topics this is Unholstered thanks for listening to Unholstered be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify Apple or wherever you listen and remember you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM podcasts by Federated Media